Hello, this is your host, Donna Barr, and welcome to A Bazillion Ghost Stories. Does anybody really know a bazillion ghost stories? But then again, aren't all stories set in the past ghost stories? Happy Thanksgiving, America. And of course, nowadays, it's not really a political or religious feast, but it's more like just getting together, eating way too much traditional food, and I was talking to a Nigerian, and he says they have the Yam Fest, and we have the Yam Fest, too, at Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving. Okay, this may be a problem that all podcasters have. Uh, not remembering what your own damn shorthand notes were about. I should say that uh, one of the reporters who did a major job of reporting on President Kennedy's assassination... Uh, he took many, 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 many notes, and they were not in shorthand. They were just the scribbles you do as a journalist. And I know whereof I speak. And uh, he said that the next week when he came to read him, you know, if you'd gotten everything written up and done with, and he, he'd taken care of the job, he, he was looking at these notes, and he could not read them. It was like, what the hell was I talking about? We have our own little shorthand we do. And right now I've got a note um, and I'll just read it out to you. I have no damned idea what it means. It's um, Jews-hosts-Catholics-demons, and then there's a slash, and then Roz Hernandez ghosted. What? And then Hulu living for the dead. I have no idea what that means. Um, you'll, you'll not get it because I was not rattling my brains around at that point. I don't know. There's probably some Dybbuk box thing about the demons and Jewish folk over at um, This Is Why We Drink, because the Dybbuk box, you know, it, it's kind of, the Dybbuk box is in Ghostbusters. That thing they put the ghosts in and the demons in is basically a Dybbuk box. It's where you put the ghosts. And, of course, we got Jews involved with the movie, so that works. Um so I can't understand uh, this note. This one note says, uh, Sweeney Todd, pub songs, watching original, and then watch the movie to hear the words. Um, I think I already mentioned the fact that Sweeney Todd is very, very, very singable by everybody. I mean, it may sound complicated, but the actual lyrics are something that's so complicated you want actors, you don't want singers. Because it doesn't have any huge jump in octaves. Uh, it doesn't force anybody to sing high or low, um, that one screaming soprano song, uh, the one woman sings, that's simply her range. If you put it in your own range, it's easy to sing. So here's something you want to do is watch the original Sweeney Todd stage show, the one with Angela Lansbury and George Hearn, and then watch the Johnny Depp version at the movie, and uh, you'll hear the words anyway. And before you say, oh my God, they cut so much out, well... It's a movie. It's not a theatrical piece. The theatrical piece can go on for quite a while. They get a long intermission in the middle. Movies are different. You can't have them, you know, three and four and eight hour movies or whatever. They're, they're not like your um, Indian long sagas where people know the whole story and they get up and sit down and everything else. Uh, during the course of the whole thing, they sleep, they eat, and wander in and out for eight days. Um, movies aren't like that. So 
just just watch the original, which you can probably get on Hulu or you can get it on a DVD at, from the library or whatever. And then watch, uh, I mean, of course, you can get it probably on, on YouTube. Watch it uh, as the Tim Burton version. And uh, you're going to hear the, mo- the songs anyway. Songs going to run through your head. They didn't use all the Hot Pie song because it would have gone on and on and on and on and on. But they do a good enough version of it. So anyway, those are the notes I can understand. And I doubt I'm going to be able to get any of this back because I don't even know what I'm talking about. I guess I should start off with a podcast recommendation. Haunted Talks which is given by the Haunted Walks people up in Canada. And they do ghost walks all over the place. And they are really quite wonderful. They have wonderful guests on. But one of the things they mentioned was the old business about if you gave all the chimps in the world, all the typewriters, and let them just type for eternity, then produce Shakespeare. And, of course, since we're monkeys, it's already happened. Um... The thing is, they did give a bunch of chimps a bunch of computer keyboards, and they just went ahead and typed like crazy. And they ended up with, like, five pages of the letter S. And they're going, why the letter S? Well, all us monkeys is afraid of snakes. I should mention that Haunted Walks is, of course, hauntedwalks.com, and they have all kinds of little things like virtual campfires. I haven't tried the virtual campfires out yet, but they sound like they're an awful lot of fun. Uh, If you're here banging around this morning, uh, the food bank gives us spawned out salmon, frozen salmon, and uh, we went downtown last night to get Dan's glasses, got home late, and I got started the wood fire up and threw on one of the fillets of salmon. And the people who get most of the salmon are the cats. So this morning, all that banging around in the background, them is the cats on fish. Haunted Walks also had a couple of guests on, a couple of German girls. And they were talking about how if you look for Germans writing about ghosts in their country, there's just nothing. Um... But if you look for other people, blogs on ghosts in Germany, hauntings in Germany, evidently there's masses of stuff. What the Germans have is headless horsemen, those kind of things, legendary things. I guess if you're a German, considering that you had a history of having every damn country there was romp through your country to have religious wars or to travel through to have other wars, like the old joke about the Russians in Finland... um, And then you finally had a war that was literally to try to bring order to Europe and calm everybody down. (laughs) In the course of it, you just murdered a whole hell of a lot of people. Uh, The Germans take death a little more seriously, and it's not a fun thing. But I guess they are now starting to address um, their ghosts. Um, I mean, you, um, you might actually, and I'm going to just say that they don't do it from this side, you might consider the Auschwitz tours and walks to be ghost walks, because the people there, you see their property, you see their drawings, their paintings, their musical instruments, they are all dead, and you are getting to hear their story, so that might be Germany's ghost walks, and Poland's ghost walks, um, have to wonder how far the definition of ghost walks can be stretched. But 
they were they were a lot of fun to have on, um, but they were talking more about things like the Headless Horseman. And uh, in their case, Headless Horseman doesn't go around trying to kill anybody. Uh, he's just a little disoriented. And as I have said before, the Headless Horseman in America is a Hessian. And these, go, these stories probably come from Hesse. And uh, they were also talking about how the Germans still are, even though they're not religious in the way of hard belief, they're religious in tradition. And when you think about how Germans think, um, people just don't get left behind as a ghost. You, it, it messes up the accounting. You'd either go to heaven or hell or purgatory or something like that because when you die, you just don't get left behind. Nobody ignores where you are. It just messes up the paperwork. So uh, that may be why Germans don't have so many ghosts romping around because that's not where ghosts go. Ghosts go where they're supposed to go when they die. Um, they have a different attitude toward that, but they're, they're starting to have some haunty things going on. So I guess Germany is starting to embrace the ghost culture the same as the Transylvanians just grabbed the Dracula culture because to them Vlad Tepes was either a hero or a monster. And I think you've all heard my my little hypothesis that what he was impaling and hanging up to scare the enemy off was plague victims because how the hell could dead bodies on a stick scare Turks? They were the monsters of their time. They were massive killers. Um, yeah, I think any Armenian can tell you that. Um, and so I've got, you know, that idea, but they've, they've now taken Bran Castle with it, which there's no evidence Dracula was ever at, and I guess Dracula's actual castle, and they have embraced the whole Dracula thing, so they're selling lots of Dracula things in the gift shop. So, I don't know, we get, are we going to be getting ghost stories out of Transylvania in movies? I will tell you, if you want to see Transylvania, if you want to see Romania in movies, you want to get Christopher Walken's Prophecy series, the, the last uh, two movies in the series. There's five of them, believe it or not. They're, they're a lot of fun, actually. Uh, the last two movies in the series take place in the newly opened Romania which still has a lot of the old buildings and some of the old damage from World War II in it. So when you go through when you go through those movies, you get to see Romania. You get to have a tour of Romania. So I don't know if they go near the, the Dracula Castle or the Brand Castle or any of them, but uh, evidently everybody is saying, hey, we got ghosts. We're going to sell them. Call it a modern extension of the Resurrectionists selling the dead or even how people sell their bodies before they die in India and there's body part sales and there's people who sell their tattoos their fully tattooed bodies so you can have the tattoo after they die and the money goes to them while they're alive which is only fair and how to get a free funeral which is to donate your body and before you start bitching about the fact that they get like 5,000 bucks for your parts or selling you to the military <laughs> to drop out of an airplane or to the automobile industry to use as crash test dummies, which is what I want, and I want them to paint me up so I look like a crash test dummy before they do it. Um, they're still selling the bodies, and they're still making money off it, and, and there's no reason to get angry about it, because that funeral would cost you money anyway, and this way you get a free funeral, and you can have your ashes back or not. Ashes to cash. I've been listening to one of the oldest podcasts, Generation Y, 
And they're talking about Tesla and um, how Edison and Tesla were just competitors who weren't blood enemies. And I said, Tesla had an aversion to pearls, wouldn't let them near him. And I accidentally ran into something on the internet the other day in uh, TikTok. There was somebody who raised pearls, and he says, um, well, Tesla had cholera as a kid, so he was very, very, very much into cleanliness. He didn't want anything that looked like a bug or a parasite or anything like that near him. So uh, break open a natural pearl. Natural pearls are not started with grit or little pieces of shell. Natural pearls are a fight against parasites. So if you bust open a pearl, a natural pearl, a wild pearl, you're probably going to find a rotting or mummified parasite inside there. Some little slug thing, some little crustacean. And so if somebody who has a real aversion to anything that might possibly infect him busts open a natural pearl, they're going to find something nasty in there, a little pocket of stink. And so I can perfectly understand why Tesla wouldn't have anything to do with the pearl, because you know he broke it open. You know he took a look inside what a pearl was. And if you had cholera and you, oh man, you bust that open, you can imagine the smell when you open that up. It'll be like opening up a mummy. Um, as one of the great experts on uh, dealing with Egyptian mummies say, oh my God, the odor, especially if there's some of the ones done in the Greek period, which are more modern. And so they're kind of kind of juicy, as they said in, in the movie, The Mummy. So that's probably, I can't say for sure, nobody else has found out if he ever done it, but if Tesla hated pearls, it may be because he just couldn't stand the stink. Okay, I'm uh, watching Free Guy, and I'm drinking wine, so I'm a little happily three sheets to the wind, and I'm out here in the dark smelling snow, I swear to God, and there's Jupiter and the half moon, and they're brilliant, which I love standing out here in the cold like a moron when I've got alcohol in me, um, but Free Guy has got this swing set scene. Uh, a great movie. I mean, if you're depressed or unhappy or whatever, um, we were just talking that it's it's another Jimmy Stewart movie. And before you say, well, what about all this high tech? Remember, in It's a Wonderful Life, they show galaxies. They had just been discovered. They're so excited about that, they put it in the movie. So it's the highest tech they can get their hands on. And Free Guy's got the highest tech they can get their hands on. And so you've got the swings in there. And you're basically running this Jimmy Stewart movie, including the damn rabbit, although it's a bad guy. But we got a swing set up here. And it's over by the police station, by the little cop shop that's up here near the beach. And uh, it's weird. Um, it doesn't seem to depend on the wind. There's one little end swing. It doesn't depend on the wind, and it doesn't depend on the waves crashing into the hill. Uh, oh, is that an airplane or a satellite? It's an airplane. That's probably Gary's airplane. Um, yes, we can identify the one airplane that people have up here. It's going under Jupiter. It's just the one red light. But this swing, occasionally it gets to swinging really hard. And there's no reason it should be swinging. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a kid out there that you can't see anymore. And, like this airplane, is starting to disappear. Uh, 
They're just going about their business and enjoying themselves against the orange leaves and the dark green conifers of autumn. And they're swinging. You you might hear some meowing here because Dan has gone out to feed the birds and Bob is at the door and he wants to stand on the porch and tell Dan what to do. Okay, this little bit here. I want to ask you people if you have ever... Oh, now, now the meowing's starting real hard because here comes Dan again. He's out on the porch. Don't worry about that, Dan. Just leave him out there and we'll get him back in because he does not want to be locked outside, not after where he came from. There's an odd thing going on between podcasters and TikTokers. If you listen to people doing TikTok, and I don't know if it's because they are so often performing in the present tense, their English seems better than that of podcasters. Podcasters very often are speaking in the past tense. Uh, what do you call it when you say, I have seen? Is that the perfect past? I forget. I forget what it's called grammatically. But they will have, they will say things like, I have saw. I have ran. They are taking the complex past. They're, they're hooking up, uh, up to the have. I forget all the grammatical terms. Sorry, I used to know all these. But you get these, these glitches in the English, and it's on podcasters. And they are using a simple past for the more complex past. And... Well, you know, languages evolve, but it's just a strange difference between people who do TikTok and people who podcast. And very often, podcasters have a warped English. Now, TikTokers whose basic language is not English, that's a different thing entirely. And even then, their English is better because people take other languages in other countries. Um, the American education system, of course, is being purposely having its leg shot out from under itself. Um, and it's just, just this odd difference. If you ever listen to the difference between most podcasters and most TikTokers, and uh, people people on YouTube, and the YouTubers do a lot of past tense, the YouTubers and the people that are using pictures do not have this warped English. Excuse me. Yeah, we had a clear the throat there. But... It sounds almost like parody versions of Southern speakers. And you wonder how many people have been listening to Fox News. Then again, they don't sound like Fox News listeners on podcasts. If anything, they're very much not those kind of people. But they've got that, what would commonly have at one time be called hick conjunctions is what they sound like. It's just an odd thing. And I have saw it a lot. Another thing that you see constantly with podcasters is that other weird conjunction where they say something like standing on the ferry, the weather was gray and cold. And it's like the weather was standing on the ferry. This construction is constant. It's confusing. I know it's probably being used as a kind of shorthand, but everybody does it. People who you would think have 
a very good education. And again, you don't see it so much in the visual recordings in uh, TikTok and YouTube. You hear it on podcasters. You see it in writing. You have that bad conjunction where <clears throat> it, it uh, some inanimate object, somebody's talking about themselves or some inanimate object, and the phrase applies to the wrong thing because they phrase it incorrectly. And it is confusing. I don't know why that goes on. And it's when you're sitting alone in a studio, maybe it's hard to keep your tenses straight. Maybe podcasting makes things a little more tense. The other odd thing with grammar is our prepositions seem to be disappearing. So things like in and on and after and everything else, if you notice, they're all being replaced by to. I can't think of any examples right now, but just keep an eye out for the prepositions and you will see them replaced by to, T-O. Um, it just seems to be replacing everything. And it, you know, those of us who speak an English that understood all the prepositions and that understood the cases... Are you know feeling a glitch every time this happens? It's an it's an evolutionary process, but again, it's most often on the podcasts. Would you like to be part of this podcast? You can go to Anchor.fm/slash/Donna-Bar and you can leave me a voice message with your story that can become part of this podcast. If you would rather have me read it, send a PDF or PDFA, double-spaced, larger type to donnabar01 at gmail.com. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash donnabar. And finally, if you would like to know anything about what I've done in my life that has to do with my work, conventions, etc., go to donabar.com. Hope to see you there. I will also put all this information in the program notes. A spooky.